0: run free, your hearts run free, your hearts run free, your hearts run free! Welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of the Young Hearts Run Free Podcast. I'm John Cassidy, he's Stephen Watt, and we're going to spend, we're going to try, 12 to 15 minutes, have a wee chat before we bring in our Main guest for this episode. So let's find out how Stevie Boy is doing.
1: What is happening, Stevie? Stevie Boy is grand this week. As he is Mace Weeks, to be honest. But he's grander, actually, because the sun's out. And the it's guns up. are out. Guns are out. Stevie Boy is sitting there. You you might be
0: glad, you might be jealous that this is audio only. Stevie Boy's sitting there in a running vest, a fine running vest, a fine body of a
1: man. He's got a He's looking good, man. Nice and toned. Oh, aye, well, a lot of folk are starting to say that, so thanks, John, for just reinforcing it. <laughs> I'm right. <Don't> <laughs> <mars>. <laughs> I'm just thinking it myself. I am earning beer and pizza this summer. That is the that's the driver here. It's okay. okay. And is is
0: your focus now the lakes? Is that where you are in your head?
1: Yes. I all my my miles and fare and everything like that is now. Owning into the lakes, a bit like yourself, John? Nine weeks man. Nine weeks just. Is it, is
0: it even that? Well it's probably less than that now. The last email we got, I think, said it was gonna be nine weeks. How we start thinking about it. <laughs> anyway. For those for those who don't know, we've got a wee bit of history with the lakes and we will probably mention it a couple of times on the run up. Anyway. We're here mm. to speak about loads of stuff. We have a heap of stuff to speak about in a very short space of time. We do. The, um, first thing I want to speak about is my undercarriage.
1: For God's sake, what a starting topic. Folk are expecting biscuits or maybe swanks. John goes into it. undercarriage.
0: We'll get to that, man. We'll get to that. But the reason I'm saying that is I have a not the shorts, not the very shorts that you wore. But my own pair of the shorts that you wore—you never handed them to me. But you wore shorts in the lakes last year, and I—I I was running a I was running alongside a guy who was doing the hundred-mile Lakeland hundred, and I said to him, "What's the best bit of kit you've got?" And he says, "Without a doubt, there was just instant response was my shorts, and it was a pair of Ronhill shorts. There's about ten pockets in them. That was, I think, the, the appeal of them. So." in the weeks or months after the lakes last summer i sat and bided my time waiting for a sale option up it come 65 quid duty 43 i thought that'll do it went in snapped them up i've just in the last few while started wearing them because mother shorts wore it right because that's the kind of dude i am so i've just started wearing them but i've noticed a wee bit of chafing has started emerging i'm not a fan of that like Oh. So, I just wanted to mention that, so folk can about it. But also, I've got a theory. I've now started wearing, I've got, it's a bit deep, I've got two kinds of pants that I wear, right? <laughs> I've got short pants, and I've got other pants that go halfway down my thighs. If I wear them, they're like sporty pants, but the, they make them, what are they, Columbia, I think they are. The ones that I wear, the ones that go halfway down my thighs, they chafing. But the other range, I do get a wee bit of chafing. So, you've got these shorts, Stephen. Uh Uh-huh, yep. Would you agree with that
1: review you've just done? They're good shorts in terms of their... They're they're the Ron Hill Tech Ultra twin shorts, I think that's what you're referring to. Um, And they were fine shorts, but they were pretty... They didn't last hellish long. (laughs) The undercarriage got obliterated. (laughs) okay, shall okay. We, shall so we it is, it's maybe a
0: maybe it's a design fault
1: maybe it I don't is know. that you know I so don't know. but they've got they good shots in terms of their features you know yeah were, the had, pockets had are brilliant pocket. yep and um, uh, but they were a wee bit of funny designed inside and <laughs> ah, there's like a mental seam. <laughs> i think is the problem actually I, wait so this is also mostly focused to our, our male runners but not exclusively but the a male listener sorry but it was a bit, f- almost like you put a box in if you were playing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, there is, man. There, there is? is. What's that all about? Ron Hill. <laughs>
0: yeah, so if MD's, if MD's listening in for Ron Hill, we're, we're reviewing these. We're doing it live right now, and I will continue to do that. Maybe that's for your fig rolls. Maybe that's where you put your fig rolls, but it will be kind of hard to get out
1: oh they want to consume your that's me rolls.
0: just sorry and for clarity that's me just linking back to our episode with neil McRitchie where we mentioned fig rolls um and i've actually purchased a box of fig rolls for aldi i'm going to hang right now actually i've got a fig Five. roll here i'm going to eat it live so you hate to speak because it's going to make me all okay.
1: dry fig roll live with young hearts run free john is actively consuming a fig roll um, making me quite hungry um mm. But I want to move the conversation on from undercarriages <laughs> um, to actually the topic of Black Rock Fiving. John, oh, you, you looked like you had a right good Friday night out in the kingdom of Scythe mm. at the Black Rock Five last week. It, it was. The, well, and finish that fig roll because you didn't want to talk to your mouth. It? <laughs> it was... Um, Chapping at the back, yeah. Social media you know, gives you that FOMO from time to time. You could sense it with, with the stuff that was getting churned out for the Black Rock Five. It's such an iconic race and a unique mm. race where the fact that um, it runs over the, the sands and the tide and out to the rock in the 1st the and 4th and stuff like that. How was it? Oh, man, it was absolutely
0: phenomenal. It was, you know what I think, though, I've got to think about this. It was my first time since ACP being running and putting a bib on and that, but I suppose what where it was different was it was a bigger gathering, There was probably, I think it was about a thousand runners. It was just a pre-race buzz, just absolutely fantastic and you're right, it is iconic. I was just simply lucky that I was online. And somebody posted somewhere and said the Black Rock Five's going on sale at seven o'clock or something in the night. I don't know what time it was, and it was like five two, and I was like, "Ah, perfect, I'm here." And I got in, no bother. It seemingly sells it really, really quick. So um, I'll only be telling MD when it goes on sale next year. I'll be trying to get back in it. I do think I do think there are people that do return to it time and time again because it is it's a Friday night as well. Great way to start your weekend. Um, and I tell you, I've got to say best race photographers I've ever seen absolutely wonderful captured me magnificently
1: oh I thought you looked really good i thought you, i mean you, you you cut a fine figure we know that already but thanks very much it was um yeah there were some photos in particular where you were like walking on water almost it was um, it was pretty profile pick worthy i thought might have oh and i've, I've done people. that man honestly you, know, said, you Look to me a wee bit like Robinson Crusoe in one of them, too. Which I'll uh, take that, okay. yeah, absolutely. Robinson Crusoe is one of your idols. I know that. So, seen and spoke to loads of
0: listeners to the Young Hatch Run Free podcast, and um, it was awesome. So, I want to say a massive thank you to every single person that either gave me a shout out or came up and said hello. It was absolutely wasn't expecting it but very very humbling to actually speak with folk and folk were seeing how much they, they enjoy the podcast as well This new no stickers nothing i was on it man i was on it i must well, also I had,
1: sorry well, on you go you had your buff on your young hearts run free buff on which is a good identifier there's um, a limited we, supply of those buffs still available i over doing the the bare bones the bare, bo- good- didn't the bare bones, literally the bare bones are them, aye. We can't announce our 2023 merch drop until the 2022 buffs, are Aye, until that barrel's empty, we can't do any more. Stock room, well, it's cleared.
0: Well, we've got the designs done. We're there, just waiting like caged tigers to let it out the bag, but we're going to hang on to it. We've got the, the buff buffs out the road. I should also say to you, social media last night, Amanda Woodrow, who's doing the Le Jog, started off wearing a Le Buff Buff. She knows where the superpowers are, so good luck to Amanda on her journey up the country.
1: Wow, that's, I know I'm going to be following Amanda, and yeah, thank you for wearing a Le Buff Buff on the the big first day, because that is, that's awesome, but yeah.
0: I've got to also say, um, on the Black Rock Five, I bumped into Steph and Stuart Reid. And a big shout out to Steph. Steph is, has completed, actually, the Goggins 48-hour challenge my thing jink, And she timed it around running at Black Rock 5. So she was doing all her runs, I'm assuming starting at the quarter to whatever hour it was. But she completed that. I think it was late on, close to midnight on Sunday. So very, very well done. The Goggins challenge, as someone we have spoken about before, we had Wendy Wilson on speaking about it. Um, yep. And I think... I don't know, it's something... I feel tempted by it.
1: Do you? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, man. I noticed Mark Bromwich is doing it just now, as we speak. He's in the throes of it, so we shall be
0: expecting um, updates from Mark as well. Now, can I move away for the BlackRock 5? And I've yeah. got to go back, in case I forget, to mention a dialect dictionary straight-in entry we the other than Karen much. And the comments we got back from Neil McRitchie's episode last week, which was phenomenal feedback, actually. A lot of people really tapped into what Neil was saying. And we're, even before they listened, we really happy we had Neil on as a guest. So thanks, yeah. Neil, again, for your for helping us out with that. Karen came up and said a personal reference that Neil had helped her out when she was spewing her ringer. So Karen's got that kind of way with we words, so. Has. But that's going right in the dialect dictionary.
1: That means being sick for anybody who is unfamiliar with the term spewing my ringer.
0: <laughs> okay. I was
1: spewing my ringer at the look of, um somebody posted on Twitter. In fact, we know who posted it on Twitter. The the man himself, Bobby Burt, was feet post sexy West Highland Way.
0: Sexy Bobby Burt did the West Highland Way Race Challenge. And he graced us with photograph of his sodden, blister-ridden feet. It was almost Graham Connolly-esque, wasn't it? I don't know
1: what-esque it was, but... <laughs> Aye, no further faint of heart. And he's posted it no just once. <laughs> he's posted that a couple
0: of times, any opportunity. But that's like a, Bobby for you, man.
1: It's like a badge of honour, and it's well-earned and well-deserved, because... Bobby took part in the West Highland Way challenge race last weekend, which is the West Highland Way starting in Fort William and finishing in Mulgay. Yep, he did that. It was a warm weekend as well last weekend
0: today, man. It was roasty-toasty out there. But Bobby ah. likes it flaming hot. He does indeed.
1: <laughs> That's why he's out there.
0: <laughs> so well done to Bobby and everybody else that took part in that event. It's, yep. a, it's a challenge. It's on... The best bit of Scotland, so well done, absolutely fantastic, and yes, I'm not a necessarily... Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. Um, we've also got to give a shout out too, to to our, our man Christian on um, the Hebrides. Yep. Yeah. Who did his first half marathon distance event
1: last weekend too? Awesome. And and Christian running the Hebrides on Instagram kinda just took up running during lockdown and found the podcast and so he's now up to half marathon and he's he's always letting us know how his, how, how his progress is going and it's going great so um, it, it's always that, that moment where you achieve something that you didn't think that you could when you first started is
0: yeah. Yeah, we've been following Christian's journey because he's posted when he's did 5Ks, 10Ks and up these distances. But to actually go and complete that half mile, I think he was a wee bit nervous, obviously, I think at the start. But he posted uh, photographs of his medals and his uh, post-race rewards as well. So hope you're still enjoying those post-race rewards and hi, Christian. Well done, my man. Awesome. Now, you, Stevie Boy, started a wee thread on twitter i did well potentially a wee thread it grew a wee bit bigger than we didn't it
1: so what's uh-huh. the story behind that well you, you know i myself can say confess Schwanker. so i was thinking ah, today we'll be freshening up on my my trail my trails see what else is out there so i thought i'll just ask our twitter followers what they're using just now on the trails and I know that there's tons of different types of trail shoes for different conditions and terrain and what have you. But I just wanted to get a wee idea of what the else was doing. And everybody is sharing content. It's on the go still as we speak. Yeah. Sharing, sharing what shoes that they have found that either work for them and some of them that haven't worked for them. And it's, it's great to get a wee insight into what other folks are using, especially if there's new ones on new trail shoes on the market. Um, me myself, I've been using Scotts um, Ultra Track RCs and then Super Tracks as well. But I'm finding them, I'm 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 finding them a wee bit of tight across my my front of my foot. Um, and I was just wondering, hmm, wonder if I could release some funds to to go and get a couple of new pairs of trail schwanks ahead of the lakes actually so um knowing the terrain that down there i kind of know what I'm, I'm looking for i used to be a big innovate fan um but i've kind of fallen fallen away from them I, I, some of my favorite trail shoes were innovates but i've not quite got on so much with the, their more recent iterations so yeah and then there's the whole super shoe crossover into trail schwanks, in other words trail shoes with carbon plates and oh uh, yeah
0: I, I must admit I read actually I've read all of that thread mm-hmm. and a lot of it's like a foreign language to me all these fancy names and brands in there I think some of them that I never knew existed but yep. it's great to know and it's a great resource actually to know that discussion type of thread can happen Cause folk will go away and try different things, you know, and yeah. maybe different because yeah. folk, cause, cause folk have been
1: giving them like be many reviews as well about what works for them, eh? they so, have, and there's that many different features on a trail shoe that's different from a, a road shoe, of course. You know, you hear people talk about rock plates and toe guards and um, things like that, and it, it is it's a, it can be a bit of a where do I even start when you move away from the more straightforward road shoe choice which is usually stability or neutral and then just down to a bit of width and toe box and and and, and after that the features are are more regular but trail shoes hill shoes whatever you want to call them fell running shoes there's that many different types that you need for different types of running finding an all-rounder that ticks every box is hard and I also find John that once you find the one that's for you, you, you tend to evangelize that about that shoe to everybody else. That might not work for everybody else Aye. as well. I always temper, you know, it's like, ah, right. I found my perfect shoe. You could go and wear it and think it's an absolute bag of shite.
0: Aye, but I think there's comments on that thread as well that shoes are a bit like biscuits. You'll find your favorite and you'll find what works for you. You know, whereas what works for me, trail shoes if there's a wee sort of lug on them and it's got laces and they're cheap I'm in I'm sorted but I do know there's a it is a massive market it's like buying shampoo man there's so many different options available to people but you're right um, find the one that's for you um, yeah.
1: but the one finding the one that's for you can often take a bit of repeat offending going to the, the running shop or yeah. website and getting one going that nah, nah, that's not it so being able to get suggestions for other people helps i think narrow it down in, in. And so it's
0: great. we should also give that wee nod as well to bob turner who came in with the option of getting uh, a shoe resold with a trail sole
1: as well that's another yeah. option for people isn't it yeah repurposing almost your, your older shoes so why do you need to go buy? um and i think bob when bob did it he took a pair of Vaporflies, which are obviously super shoes for on the road, and then put a trail Vibram sole on them. I think he said, and then that's them now. Trail schwank hybrids. I don't know, ah, and that's I not think- going to be for everybody. Some folk might go to that idea. Go, no, that's you know the stability on a fly. I'm going to twist my ankle if I ever you know land awkwardly at any point. But for Bob, they they work great, and that's what I'm saying about. Yeah. For one person, another person will be.
0: Yeah, I think Bob's saying he's 1,500-plus miles in them, which is fantastic, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah. But, you know, let's keep that, listeners, keep that thread going.
1: Yeah, go and contribute to it. What's your, your fave tra- trail shoe? Or, you know, if you're advising somebody who has just moved in the trails and say, oh, I want to get my first trail shoe, what should I get? What's a good all-rounder or a, a one that's a good... I, hybrid when i say hybrid you can run maybe from your front door to the start of your local trails like a 10-15 minute run on roads to get there and you didn't want to wear down your 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 lugs on your your trail shoes so you need something that can do both that, that, there's another option to consider exactly man me get me started yeah. <laughs> yeah. i could hear a hell episode on it and maybe we will at some maybe, point maybe we should
0: maybe we should um you could get gary house back in he's good at the old shoe reviews as well isn't he gary's yeah, good at that yeah. um i said we were going to be twelve, fifteen 15 minutes mm-hmm. we're way way over that man so should we should we introduce our very special guest for this week
1: yeah let's get dr nikki ligo introduced um, yeah. a bee bit of background We've been champing at the bit to get Dr. Nikki
0: Ligo on the podcast. Um, Dr. Nikki Ligo is the she doesn't like us calling her doctor, by the way. That's why we keep saying it. But Dr. Nikki Ligo is um, she's always there and thereabouts when these big events, certainly on the penine way, the sort of ding dong between John Kelly and Damien Hall, have been ongoing. Um, Nikki's there in a, in a support role from start to finish pretty much and she also provides some great social media coverage about that. So we wanted to get Nikki on to speak about what appeals to her about getting involved in these things but also our involvement with it and also get some advice from uh, from Nikki who has that medical background about people who are taking part in these long endurance events and how what our bodies go through. Um, we do speak about food. We do speak about hydration quite a bit as well. Nikki turned out to be an absolutely
1: phenomenal guest and a great lesson, didn't she, Stephen? She did, and it's a totally different angle um, from some of the... She's self-confessional, a runner herself, um, even though I'm not quite sure if that is the case. But, um, yeah, so she comes at it from a a really refreshing and um, insightful angle around about what running and especially long distance running and endurance events is, is doing to our bodies and how we can combat that and find things that, that work for individuals to combat it keeps us um, in tip top. If you're listening to this
0: and you're about to go your shopping or do your online shopping, listen to the podcast first because you might want to add a couple items into your shopping list before you actually press
1: send. Okay, so enjoy Nikki. Big welcome along to the Young Hearts Run Free Podcast. Nikki. how are you doing?
2: I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. I've literally just slid in sideways late, back from a day at work, and very pleased to be here.
1: Well, we're exceptionally pleased that you're joining us tonight because um, we have been wanting to chat to you for some time. Yeah, really looking forward to hearing what you've got to tell us runners.
2: Well, I hope I can live up to that. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Jamie, I mean, and John. That's
1: pretty much. <laughs> that's all I've got. You've you've dropped a couple of pretty big names in the sport there, right there. So um, that's certainly good enough for me, and that'll be good enough for John as well. But we want to hear about Nikki as well. So yeah, we, we we like to start off just to set the context of the episode. And this is episode 95, John. Wow, it's, it's cracking on now, isn't it? But we like to. Hear a bit about yourself and what kind of brought you into the arena of running, so to speak. So, yeah, over to you if you want to take that up.
2: Yeah, sure. So, I, I suppose the first thing says that I didn't come to it through running, and the second thing says it's all uh, Damien Hall's fault. So, yeah. I literally <laughs> So I suppose way back I had a bit of an uh, a bit of an attachment to the Pennine Way my dad walked it when I was had just learned to drive and I dropped him off in Edale back in the in the 80s um late 80s to to go off and walk it wasn't particularly aware of what it is but heard all of his stories after he'd done it he kind of wild camped his way up uh, for me down to Kirk Yetim and then and by the way yeah Kirk Yetam, there's been some things about pronunciation with that hasn't there <laughs> yeah Yetim.
0: that's me that's me Tov yeah
2: <laughs> but yeah so um I uh, much much later in life my family and I were about to start doing some fundraising we wanted to raise funds for a specific cause but at the time I was thinking well what 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 can I do and something in the back of my head went oh the Penine Way the Penine Way and I had no idea still no idea what it was just knew that it was long, it was a long walk and it broadly went up towards Scotland. I set off, I almost didn't do it, but a couple of days before I'd had a bit of an injury, you know, like I didn't really, really hadn't prepared properly. And a few days before I was due to set off, I decided actually, no, I had to leave. I should just, you know, shut up and buckle up and get on with it. And so I went off and walked the Pennine Way, made a massive, moaned enormously on social media which was, you know, put those really miserable, <laughs> miserable pictures, I looked a little bit like a slightly elderly D of E student, like I had all the wrong gear, I had a massive great big pack, I did it really re- relatively badly, but I did it, and at the end of it, I, I posted a little blog, and, and Damien Hall saw it, I think via National Trails on Twitter, and he got in touch, and was like, "Oh, how was it, I'd taken his guidebook, and um, so I kind of gave him a shout out when I was doing my little blog, and, um, and at the time, he he said, "So what's next to me?" And one of the things he mentioned was the spine. He said, "Have you have you ever heard of the spine?" And I, I hadn't. So he said to me, "Oh, that's um, you know, that's a, a, a race up the Pennine Way in winter." Well, and I couldn't think of anything more impossible sounding. And then he said, "It's got to be done in seven days." And it just, I mean, it just sounded incredible. So I started following it and dot watching. And like I think a lot of people who who dot watch on that event it's a little bit addictive and you find yourself missing sleep and just just being hooked yeah. um and you become really invested in these characters who you've never met these athletes who are you know pushing themselves you get these nice little video updates and things on social media and uh I just was completely hooked completely and utterly hooked and so I went along volunteered there and my job at the time was to set up and manage registration and then to kind of leapfrog the front runners up the race and set set up the checkpoints cook loads of food for the incoming guys behind see the first few runners through and then leapfrog up to the next one so I'd be seeing maybe 15 people through down at the bottom end just the sort of you know the front ones by the time you get to Burness the field is really stretched so I'd be seeing maybe one person through and then I had to go and th- sort of Set up the finish and manage the finish. So I had a really nice kind of. I was very lucky. I had this amazing overview of the whole race beginning to end, and got to see all these immense, like these giants of running, at the front end and follow them up. And yeah, and from there that meant I I had a kind of it was a bit of a baptism of fire uh, introduction to the world of ultra running, which I I didn't even really know was a thing. Yeah, and then just just got asked beyond that to do 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 some support. For record attempts again, because I knew the on Way quite well. I've done it a few times since that first time, and because I was I wasn't there as medical support. So, for example, John and John Kelly, who uh, won the spine, and, and Damien Hall, who, you know, goodness me, has written the guidebook. He's hyped it. He's done the spine several times. You know, he's. Um, I've also supported him on it. So yeah, it was, it was a bit of a. The bottom line is, it's just all Damien's fault. You know what, can
0: I just jump in? I think we've heard of these two guys, Damien and John. Some, some in the back of my mind are there, we'll come to them, we'll come to them, <laughs> right? But you mentioned when you walked to Pennine Way, well done, by the way, because the Pennine Way was at 268 miles.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually, so, uh, yeah, it's just slightly less that, but roughly that, yeah, 268.
0: Yeah. Thing. For want of a better term, it's a good scalp. <laughs> good Scottish it's a good scalp, right? But... Okay you mentioned what, what was the reason you did that for
2: so it was for charity so um a friend of ours has a, a little boy who uh was diagnosed with a condition called duchenne muscular dystrophy and uh it's a, it's a horrendous disease muscle wasting disease of childhood and at the moment it's 100% fatal so children mostly boys because of the way it's uh, inherited it's pr- pretty much all boys that have it they have um a problem with one of the genes in their body that makes a protein that protects your muscles it kind of keeps your muscles calm and stable for want of a better expression and if you don't have it your muscles become inflamed and then they scar and when they're scarred they're not they don't function and so gradually over a period of years you these boys lose the 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 use of their legs the muscles in their legs and then it progresses and becomes the, the muscles in their arms and and um, the heart is a muscle so the heart is also affected and, and that makes it a fatal condition so it's 100 percent fatal at the moment but there's been something um, like amazing research done and and there are currently ways potentially of well not even potentially we know there are ways of taking a synthetic gene that is shorter than the real one but it, it's functioning enough to make a difference to these kids and the difference that could mean the difference between life and death um, that we can insert uh, actually using a, a harmless virus we can insert into into the DNA of the the children who are affected, and there are some inherent i won 't go into them, but some inherent problems with that and but ultimately it 's a case of trying to translate a potential cure that 's in the in the lab just to kind of translate that over into the clinic and and it's looking promising. So at the moment, I think the consensus is that these children with Duchenne are either going to be the the last generation to die or the first to survive. So as a family, we wanted to take the the onus for doing something productive in terms of funding for research from, from, their, from this little lad's parents, my friends, and say, we've got your back with that. You spend time with your son. We'll we'll do the, the fundraising on, on your behalf, and so we just kind of set off as a family, doing whatever we could really to raise money, and that's been. I think we're on year seven, I think, now of doing that, and that was why the Pennine Way. Yeah, that's why I sort of made my way up there the first time. Wow,
0: seven years, much you raised.
2: I think I think I haven't looked. I think we're on about sixty nine thousand. Should actually should. <laughs> We should make that seventy thousand, really, shouldn't we? But we'll get out and try and do something else this year. My kids have been doing. Some people, um, I mean, Twitter was just the the running community on Twitter just was immense with this. My youngest, so my kids have all done willingly. I haven't forced them to do this, but they've done this uh, hundred mile walk, trail walk each of them when they're ten for the same the same charity, Duchenne UK. And my my youngest Nate, he was he did his at 11, not 10, because of the pandemic. But he did the the Cotswold Way last year. And honest to God, the lion's share of the money that came in from that was from you know was was from you know the whole running community, guys like you. And and, and he brought in 10 grand with that. It, and that was honestly, that was just this massive, big-hearted community, this running community, going right. the hell, you know, watching his little. We got a tracker watching his little dots move relatively slowly along the Cotswold way. Um, yeah, so we're going to try and find something else again to do this year. We try and find something each
0: year to do. Right. So, well, let's put a shout out to listeners here. Let's get Nikki over that 70 grand. So if people, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes to um, the, the fundraise and also to the N-Duchenne uh, website as well, if people want a bit more information. But thank you very much for sharing
1: that.
2: No, thank, thank you. That's amazing. Thanks. We're
1: very close to our hearts. So, um, yeah, thanks. Brilliant. And that's what, that was the the collision course between the t- ultra running and, and okay. meeting these these giants, so, so to speak. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, little little did
1: John, I. John's eight foot when you see him. Eight, <laughs> eight, eight foot tall. He just looks wee on the video. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He,
2: uh, yeah. He, just... They are, you know, feet above me they
1: tower above us <laughs> i should just clarify that the
0: john that Nicky's referring to is john kelly and not john cassidy however <laughs> i did You're i did see it i did see a photograph of him on twitter yesterday with a bottle of buckfast so we're going down the right lines so we're, we're getting we're, we're getting closer we're getting closer but anyway let's go back let's talk about not just the, 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 the Pennine Way, but I want to know, you obviously, Dr Nikolaiko have supported a lot of these mega events, but I want to know about you. How do you, you've got a van now, how do you prepare you to go and support these things? How What's it like for you? Yeah,
2: I mean, it's fairly, so a lot of the, the logistics that you, do you mean like the record attempts rather than the the, the like spine and things like that no, the record yeah, attempts. Yeah. so the lion's share of the logistics for that is already done you know way way before because the biggest thing I suppose is coordinating things like paces there are so many 30 people involved in making something like this happen and all of that is done by the athlete beforehand M- my job I suppose principally is to make sure that I understand exactly logistically what's happening because as soon as the the runner goes out in fact from the night before then the rains fall to the the, the road support team um, and that means really understanding really understanding all of it understanding what that means on the trail you know where where everyone wants to stop where there are pace of changeovers what kit is needed you know things like when when somebody's going to need poles because they've got a, a, you know, a a grind, like a bigger scent or, you know, you know, head torch. These all sound very obvious, but you have to remember that everybody is sleep deprived on these things. So everything, I usually spend several hours transferring all the information that the athlete has given me into my own, I I can't call it a spreadsheet because it's not that flash, but my own kind of table of what's happening when and such that it's really, really clear. So when I've had no sleep or haven't eaten and normally wouldn't be functioning very well it's all just Mickey Mouse nice and Fisher Price and I can see what's needed when and have everyone's contact numbers all those kind of things and then it's just really a case of oh and understanding sorry nutrition all those sorts of things I've I I principally haven't been in these things for medical support I should say I was in I think, you know, the way I made it in was because I was doing this checkpoint and, and, and equivalent road support work on the spine. And then, and, and it's just because, yeah, both John and Damien had the audacity to have uh, these potentially massive health problems while I was there, that the medical bit kind of accidentally came to the fore. I was hoping they'd just shut up and run the thing, <laughs> but they both made mo- monumental fuss about it bodily.
0: Well see, I've learned already. I as, I assumed Dr. Nicky Ligo was there in a the medical capacity to start with. No. There
2: you,
0: there you go. Brilliant.
2: No, I was just meant to throw rice pudding and stuff at them. I wasn't meant to be there to do anything clever. And
0: that that None thing you, you that, that thing you mentioned there about Fisher Price, Mickey Mouse, Stephen does football commentating, right? And I've seen the scribbled notes that he has. It makes sense to him.
2: Yeah.
0: But to anybody else it would just be a jumble but he knows where what is and when to pick it out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And but I think too, when a runner is running, is it a case of the focus is on the runner so they don't have to think. So you mentioned poles and head torches, it's a case of right, put that on, off we go. Keep them going.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. The absolutely um it should be for the for the athlete Literally only to put one foot in front of the other. Now, I mean, in my in my view, that's sh- that's the whole point. They don't need to waste any energy whatsoever on thinking about anything else. And they tend to have um, two paces with them. In an ideal world, two paces with them um, at all times. So one will be uh, doing the navigation. I mean, these are routes that they're very familiar with anyway in a recede, etc. But again, um, when you take into account all the different conditions and sleep deprivation, etc. Somebody ahead doing the navigation and then somebody actually with them carrying all their food, their drink, whatever, and making sure that they eat and drink. Um, And then when they come into checkpoints, apart from if they've got, you know, a particular taste for something, they think I want, I, I think I can get this food down now. Obviously, when they start, it's all roses. You can give them nice meals and everything. And then, you know, by the end, you're serving up some kind of gloop in a cup and you know (laughs) whatever will just get in but you know apart from shouting ahead saying i I would really like you know whatever it happens to be some soup or some sandwiches or whatever you want them not to have to think about anything because because the demands on them already uh, are enormous so you know physically obviously but then ultimately you guys know that this isn't just a physical game you get you get a long way down the track and and it is seriously a mental game, and and the the kind of effort you need to put in with your with your with your head space means that there, there often isn't an, an enormous amount of leeway to think about other things. So yeah, it's definitely the job of the crew to allow an athlete just to focus on that, such that we pick up the slack on everything else, and 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 we won't forget, and they will never go out without the head touch. Although I will just say, when John was out, when John when John was out. There's a little mix up. I can't even say I was tired. It was in Greenhead. It was southbound. So it wasn't that far in, like, I don't know what that is, 70 miles or something in. And I accidentally, instead of giving, we give, so the Pacers should go out with a spare kit bag, waterproof, you know, waterproof trousers, whatever, mid layer, stuff like that. And um, I, <laughs> I'm not going to get any work from this, but I accidentally, they accidentally went out with my toilet bag. So. <laughs> <laughs> The Pacers ran for a leg with like a deodorant and a hairbrush.
1: <laughs> some some <laughs> nice hand cream.
2: <laughs> it's like started raining. I'm like, well, you're gonna be wet, but your hair, your hair, your hair will be nicely brushed.
0: And he would smell lovely when he came in at the next checkpoint.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you know, yeah. So that was that's quite poor, but the, but the whole point is that's supposed to be a well a well oiled machine, so that they can just run and know that nothing like that is going to happen. It doesn't happen off. But
1: yeah, that's quite bad, isn't it? It's such a nice insight to get that, because when you're watching the dots, as a lot of us have done, Nikki and yourself included in other events, you're not taking into account all the, one, the prep work that's gone in beforehand, then the actual logistics, uh, uh, the the day or the days, I should say, um, and and all the stars that almost need to align and you're like, the athletes relying on other people and and stuff just so that they can fo- focus their entire blinkers energy into actually the one step in front of another. Um, yeah. And I even think, John, myself, I'm, you know, just thinking quite how much that energy of getting to the start line and and getting all that prep right is something that you must get wrong a few times before you get it right. You know, just to find your secret balance of all these are all my bases covered here and are these bases covered to how I like them to be the first time you do it it's going to be a experiment almost does that make sense so
2: so honestly I don't even think when you do it the first time and you get it all right the first time it's not even necessarily that I mean I don't know about this from a running perspective so but But from my perspective, even if you get it all right the first time, the same things won't necessarily be right for you the second time because there are so many variables. And you know that whole thing he's saying about everything aligning and everything's got to be organized. You know, it might be that you are, you know, they run ahead of schedule, they run behind schedule, whatever. The pacers will have a time that they've got to show up for their leg. But really, really rapidly, that can be completely different. So suddenly, someone who's gone well—that's fine. I can finish work. I'll go home. I'll get changed. I'll drive out there and I'll be there just in time. Suddenly, it's fine, and they've got to leave work an hour early to be where they need to be. And if they're not there, then we don't have a pacer, and we can't get the athlete to wait. It's just a—it's just yeah. a really variable thing. Do you have that? You must have that when you go out for events, Do you?
1: Well, no, John more so than me because I've not done the. West Highland way type distance events and the the long distance events I've done are like running around in loops and stuff like that which is um taking away a lot of that hard yards (laughs) 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 where you can just dump your stuff and 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 grab it um on the go but no I get what you're saying is that when we look at sport and professional sport and the amount of funding and backing that goes into some sports in comparison to ultra running in particular where um there's a very, very minute amount of people who do it as a profession, and even those who are doing it as a profession, are usually backing it up with some other aspect of um, yeah. income generation, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and then they're relying on that community and the community spirit to to fill in the gaps that for other sports are filled in by the fact that it's a professional. So yeah. compare it to football and the amount of millions of pounds that floats in around a football club especially at the top elite level that it's nothing to do with actual the playing staff you know it's it, it but, but compared sports, to
0: sports science and all that stuff is going on
1: everything yeah. right doing the kit man and you know, laying out a pair of knickers for for them all.
2: <laughs> but the thing is though that's the thing about the running well the, the ultra running community isn't it that they're like it is i know we're, you know, talked about this before, but they—it's a big-hearted community. It's a really big-hearted community, and it doesn't matter. I, I find it the most inclusive community. I've not—I've not found the kind of community we've built like this before. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It doesn't matter whether you're the first in at a race. It doesn't matter whether you're last over the line. Everybody is willing for you to get to get the job done and, and, and to achieve your goal. And you know, if you look at on a on a record attempt as an athlete out there, and literally every time the current record holder is out there with them, trying to help them get that. And you just, you, I don't know of anywhere else that you see that. And I don't know where anywhere else where, you know, that massive range of ability is equally celebrated. You know, it, it's mm. it's a phenomenal uh, a phenomenal community. It's quite a hard community to. You know to, to not to be around once you know
1: what everyone's like and you're dead on because it's almost like in other some other sports maybe people would go and lay traps on the roots to make it harder like fell <laughs> a couple of trees a couple of trip wires there's no no chance they're getting this is this yeah. is my domain it's like a um but but with an, a record attempt like that uh, and you see it on see it on your Twitter account, Nikki. Um, do you know the people who show up, the people who show up and offer their help and assistance to the person who's trying to beat their record? That's quite incredible, really. Sorry, yeah, I John, think... I came in on you.
0: No, it's okay. I was I was just going to speak about the same thing. I find that as exciting as the dot watching it's like who's coming next Yay. start off with Kim Collison who's, who's going to be coming next Nikki <laughs> Spink shows up you ever, it's unbelievable ben, I know. I know. and that, it is it's like a, a who do, do you both remember the Harlem Globetrotters that's what it's like It's <laughs> he's fantastic elites in the sport and they can do anything but they're just there to support each other it's absolutely fantastic i love it i really really do um,
2: and really encouraging as well that kind of support means that people do it, so you see it on the spine as well actually that whole you know literally the whole crew is there with one objective and that is to get everybody across the finish line that we possibly can and i think more people achieve by that and they go away feeling good and you know it's just a, it's just a massive feel-good activity all around. Well, I say feel-good, it probably doesn't feel feel as good if you're actually doing it, but, you know, mentally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's so many people engaged with it now, too. Social media has changed the game altogether, and I thank people like yourself, Dr. Nikki, for sharing images and updates, because it gives us us context to the dot. Do you know what I mean? We can visualise it. And we've already mentioned a couple of big names. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bigger name in, in the mix. Okay. Debbie Martin Kinsani. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh.
2: That's we'll a long end.
0: name. It's a long name. January January this year, she came, she cruised into the finish of the spine race, but she had a big bendy body on her, right? Now Damien Hall's done that before and he's coast to coast thingy majig that he did. And what can you see? Well, if you want to speak about Debbie, that's brilliant, because we'd, our listeners would love to hear about that. But more, what I want to know about is what causes that bendy thing?
2: So, so there isn't, there is, so I should first of all say, and, I, and, I, and I'm, this is my little, you know, what's the word, my little sort of, I don't know, get not get out clause, but I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I am learning um, as, I go, as I go along, as I go along, and I am a doctor but um this is stuff that's not actually always clear even in the literature and studies it's not always clear ultra running has not been a, a big sport for a long time so um it's some there are some areas where evidence is pretty scanty i, d- I can tell you definitely that that lean that we do see frequently doesn't have one cause to it um okay. so there are different reasons to lean and De- debbie and Damien have both well, so Debbie has said that I can speak openly about this on, on Twitter before. So I know that she's happy with that. And, and, and Damien and I have spoken about his his lean, which gives me just a massive... <laughs> feels feel so nauseous when I think about his. His was very dangerous, actually. So Debbie Debbie's was painful. So she said that she as she was coming across the TV. I think it started even before that, but um, that she did have back pain. Um, and so the two big things that differentiate Debbie from Damien in this lean were Debbie had muscular pain and she was composmentist, mentis so cognitively in terms of her thought processes she was she was intact and fine whereas Damien was uh neither of those things so he he definitely if I'm laughing about this I want to say this is just not really a funny topic but it's kind of funny to look at but the, the experience is was, was really quite worrying uh so he he was very very confused and he didn't have any musculoskeletal pain but not all of that was, was obvious um some of this was you know hindsight and in retrospect um damien's i'm fairly certain and i've i've discussed this with a lot of very experienced people gb athletics consultants and you know and a, and a variety of people mountain medicine people all sorts everyone, everyone agrees we've gone through all the evidence so Damien's I'm fairly certain was a thing called exercise induced hyponatremia which just means a a low concentration of sodium so a particular type of salt in your blood in response to exercise. It's not just in response to exercise it's it's hugely influenced in fact uh, it's all down to how much you drink and there's been quite a lot of people I think who've slightly misunderstood this. I've tried to talk about it again I'm not an expert but if you drink So let's just forget about the electrolyte intake side of things for a minute. Let's just talk about water. If you drink too much water, whilst you are exercising, you can dilute the amount of salt in your blood. And if you do that, things start to swell up. Uh, Essentially, you get water moving from from your blood, where there's a low concentration of sodium, into your cells, where there's a high concentration, trying to equalise the concentration in both places. And that means uh, your cells swell and so you might have puffy hands you might feel bloated but if if that happens inside in your in your brain there isn't anywhere that your brain can go to because it's encased in a skull and that can give you some pretty serious uh symptoms so confusion being the first one and then it can send you off balance and give you this ah, it's dodgy this dodgy yeah drunk looking uh, gait, and then eventually uh you can have seizures and then you can, you can. Uh, sorry about this, it's really gloomy, but you can slip into a coma and die. <laughs> now this, this is, it's actually not desperately uncommon for people to have this, but usually it's kind of down the, the less severe end of the scale. And one of the difficulties is that some of these symptoms, let's, let's take the ones that I've just spoken about, so bloating. Who has run a long distance and not had bloating? I mean, everyone gets some form of you know, gastric upset, bit of bloating, feels like they're losing their appetite uh swollen hands and swollen feet again, you know, and then if you're out day after day or whatever and you, you you're sleep deprived, lots of people get confused so the big single thing is the recommendation is drink to thirst uh Damien normally drinks to thirst, and he on that run he he didn't he had a drinking regime, and he well, I monitored his intake, another thing that's quite difficult, you know keeping up on sort of uh, monitoring what athletes are taking in in food and drink terms while they're they're running and you're running around and driving to each location but he'd had about 400 meals per hour which doesn't sound like an enormous amount but it was cold it was rainy and i think it totaled something like 15 liters intake in less than 2 days well that's quite a lot in those conditions and um he also had so electrolytes people often say well if you become hyponatremic and you have these symptoms Will it get better if you drink electrolyte solutions? And the answer to that is no. The electrolytes don't cause this. Overdrinking causes this. And and that can be addressed by drinking to thirst. Your body won't tell you it's thirsty if you have a low sodium level. So you just simply won't feel thirsty. So drink to thirst. If you have already developed these symptoms, the concentration, even if you've been sweat tested and someone says you need a high concentration of electrolytes, you still will have less sodium per volume of fluid in your electrolyte drink than you have in your blood. So you will continue to dilute it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a weaker solution. Even with a strong electrolyte solution, that's still weaker than what you have in your blood. So you're still going to dilute it. So once this has happened, the, the only thing that will get rid of it is A, stop taking in any fluid and potentially B, have a very very small volume of something very very salty. So, you know, if someone can still drink and eat, I would say just get a stock cube, put it in a very tiny. It would be mank to drink, but it's quite high high salt strength. So, so yeah, and just stop your fluid intake. What about having a pee? Uh, so yeah yeah yeah. So having a pee yeah. Definitely peeing. If you stop drinking and you're peeing, you are losing, uh, you are losing fluid. Technically, you may be losing salts as well. But there are some complications to this in that in exercise, there's a, quite a decent amount of evidence that we release uh, slightly inappropriately over time, release this hormone that causes our kidneys to reabsorb water on its own. So not to reabsorb water and sodium, just selectively to reabsorb water, which Contributes to this dilution effect. So the bottom line is, stop drinking if you get to that. Let's not get to that. Drink to thirst.
0: Yeah. See though, I've got to just ask this question. If Damien's taking in, or anybody's taking in 400ml an hour, if you, if he was peeing regularly, then you're draining the tank a wee bit. If you know what I mean. Does that make sense?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. But. But Gone. Have they got to a point where Damien? Didn't feel he wanted to pee, and he was just retaining all this fluid. Is that what was happening?
2: No, no, he was still peeing. He was still peeing. Um, but the point is, he he drank so much that his so you you're, because you've got because you've got this this hormone potentially being released that causes you to absorb water on its own from your kidneys. Even yeah. if you are peeing, you're still selectively keeping back some water compared with the salt that you're keeping back. So you're right. losing salt in your urine. But you will preferentially keep some water back and if you're also taking in water and drinking it that takes a little bit of time to filter around to your um to, through to your kidneys anyway and there are several reasons why your kidneys might be um performing slightly under par so i, I mean the the bottom line is if you overdrink there's an argument to say that if you are drinking electrolyte solution that you in theory, should therefore be diluting your sodium more slowly because, you know, you've got some salts in there. But the ultimate thing is just just don't overdrink. And the best way yeah. not to overdrink is to drink to thirst. You can tolerate actually a bit of dehydration much better than you can tolerate a low sodium.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. That's great advice. What's kind of hitting home at me is that that negative equity that you're in with your salt intake once it's away it's hard to it's almost like game ending as such the game being
2: so or, actually,
1: or can you pull it back that's
2: what you can you can so again that's one of the things I was talking to the the GB um uh athletics team doctor she was brilliant she came, she came in really long you know we really talked about it and looked at the video and everything while she was preparing the team for Tokyo so she was amazing but she was brilliant she she did say so I was talking to her about what had happened and One of the problems was, like I was saying, because a lot of the symptoms that Damien had could have been consistent with something else like sleep deprivation or, you know, mechanical jostling in your gut, giving you bloating or when you're running. Preferentially, your body wants to provide your muscles with a good blood supply for the work that they're doing. And they do that at the expense of of the blood supply to your gut. So, you know, your gut's not a kind of emergency service while you're running. So, uh, and that's one of the reasons that people can have um, significant gut problems because they're just not getting the same blood supply to the gut as they normally would be. And on top of that, you're running. So it's mechanically jostling. So bloating's not uncommon. So it was difficult to recognize all of these and put them together and go, this is hyponatremia. And even when I was starting to think, God, it is, he was four miles from the end and he developed this lean I asked the patient, what's the lean you know what's happened and she said she said he's got a a tendon up you know well she's got he's got tendon pain in his ankle so initially i thought that lean was that he was leaning away from a painful ankle in retrospect in hindsight what i should have done was stopped it Uh, which would have been very hard it was four miles from the end i should have stopped it and taken him to the hospital hindsight is a brilliant thing and i've spoken to lots and lots of people I mean it, the doctors at the hospital that I work with when I show them are horrified, but then they are in the hospital we're all about getting people to their best health, whereas on the trail we not only have to tolerate ill health, we have to expect ill health and we and we can't jump in at every you know if we jumped in every time someone threw up or jumped in when someone had a manky looking blister or jumped in when someone was hallucinating, which loads of people do on these long events you know it's just not the way this field works you have to tolerate and expect some ill health so yeah so uh she she looked at it and she said yeah uh i think what she said what she would have done is that to have given him some if she'd realized she said i'm not even sure i would have realized it was hyponatremia but that she said she would it, it's reasonable to give some uh you know concentrated salt like stock cube solution that i was talking about um, in very very small amounts of, of water, and to stop drinking and to give it an hour to see if there's any improvement. It's usually relatively rapid the improvement, or at least you know no, no further deterioration. I mean, Damien had some salty chips, not by design because I'd realised the problem, just simply because we gave him some salty chips. And in retrospect, again looking back, he slightly improved after that. But but stopping drinking, I can't remember what you what you asked me. I think I've not answered it, but
1: yeah. Ooh. You have. It was whether it's basically game ending or or it can be retrieved. And I think you've answered it perfectly by saying probably your professional hat on is game ending, but you have to tolerate shit like that and try and yeah. find a solution. Is that yeah, going to be what?
2: Exactly. And, it, and, it, and the solution is definitely stop drinking and have some concentrated salt and, and, and then reassess quite quickly. So yeah. this is another thing about the support stuff is at the beginning. You know you can have fairly decent stretches where you just let an athlete run and actually it's counterproductive to intercept them too much because they're in a rhythm and they're fresh legged and fresh mind and all that but as you go down the trail for a variety of reasons that support is needed more and more and more and so that's one of these times obviously if somebody's poorly that you know you'd get in early to reassess to see if whatever you've done at the stop before is paying off or not
0: right i am so happy that salty chips
1: played a part. I'm <laughs> happy about that. i seen, I seen that salty. reaction in your face, salty chips. John went, Ooh, is, that, is that a poke poker chips or a cone of chips? He was imagining how they were presented and stuff. And I'm also thinking with the stock, the concentrated stock cube solution. So I'm going to have to start putting like oxo stock cubes in my my race fest i think um, what about those little stock pots you know the jelly ones that you could just slurp down <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah yeah so anything that's got salt in it i mean this Would is that it, it, yeah yeah anything that's salty that you can take in without taking in a, a large volume of water yeah but the biggest single thing for, from a prevention point of view the biggest single thing is drink to thirst don't have a regime and the second thing is if 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 you think somebody is developed don't don't forget that if you damien would not have known to to do anything i mean he didn't know what was happening we got to glazedale on the coast to coast, and he he came in and said uh where are these people taking me about the paces he he didn't he wouldn't have been able to assess that there was something wrong or what to do but if somebody has this then just stop no more fluids no more fluids
1: right that's insanely interesting
0: Stephen, Somebody and I'm absolutely horrified at myself. I can't remember who it was with a guest on, and they said that Lucy Calhoun saved their day with a stock cube.
2: That would
0: be my (laughs) coffee. Yeah, it was a runner we had on. I'm not going to say a name because I'm I'm not going to get it wrong. But kudos to Lucy Calhoun for for doing that. I can't remember who that
1: was, but stock cube sales have just (laughs) head of something that's happening. In a few (laughs) weeks' time, the West Highland Way race. Scottish shelves are emptied of stock cubes, a stock (laughs) shortage.
0: Just before we move, just before we move off, speaking about Damien's coast-to-coast thing. How his recovery time from that back to back to feeling normal again? How long was that, Nikki?
2: Um, Well, so actually, so when he got to the end of it, um, and I've honest to God, now I've never. (laughs) never been so happy to see, to see someone reach a finish line. I've got to say the turnaround in him from being really worrying to starting to improve was very, very quick. So by the time we got him back to the van, which is probably 15 minutes, uh, he was starting to make more sense. He'd managed to write in the coast-to-coast Coast book, you know, where you write that you've done the coast-to-coast. Coast. Uh-huh. He wrote in that and he wrote a coherent sentence and not long before that he I mean I think he got to the end normally Damien would be like oh you know but you guys are great and thank you so much for helping me and and I think at the end of that he's he said something like thank you my great people I mean it's just not that's just not the kind of sentence that Damien would normally say and he and he you know he was saying sentences that didn't make sense so 15 minutes later it it was starting to improve and he could write this thing and another half an hour after that we had um we have got a couple of really big pizzas for him. Obviously, they were quite salt-rich. salt, salt rich. And um, I stayed with him for two hours, uh, watching him eat this pizza and just watching. Probably too ballsy, really. Probably should have just taken him to the hospital. But he he did continue to improve. So as long as we knew he wasn't then going to be drinking loads and uh, he'd had this decent salt intake. then the next day, he was fine. I mean, Good. he... Yeah. he his wife did say that he, she thought he wasn't quite back to normal, that we spoke on the phone a couple of days later, but to, to all of us, it looked normal, but I think there were nuances, um, which is, a, is slightly concerning, but uh, I mean, you know, he seems all right now. <laughs> oh, it was so scary. It was a proper scary one. It was a big learning curve, that one, big learning curve. <laughs>
1: Well, like you say, it's a relatively new sport, and the evidence bank isn't quite there for all these things. And even if well, I was is, a medic, yeah, but I am suppose, like, when you're researching it, and, and it's just happened in America or do you know, other sort of hot spots where ultra running is, is, is quite um participated in that all over the world now, but there is some particular places, um, I, I, you know, it's, where's a, where are these types of incidents recorded so you can go and tap into a, a knowledge bank or whatever that that type thing
2: so there is actually um there's a chap who's done quite a lot of research i think at using um uh western states and vermont 100 using data from there and they've looked at this and the, and the whole drink to thirst argument i mean ironically i did a presentation on kidney injury uh, in in endurance running on zoom Damien came like to listen to that um before he did the coast to coast and the, the biggest message at the end that I kept on saying was drink thirst. And then he had this regime. The thing is that most of the, the time that you would expect to see this, people over drinking, diluting their sodium, is when they're in a hot climate and they're panicking about dehydration. So they're chugging the, the fluids back. And you wouldn't necessarily, it wouldn't be a first thought when someone's running in the pissing down rain in ch- chilly England. Um, so it wasn't, yeah, it it is it it there, there is a there is a a bit of a bank of evidence in in hotter races, but but I yeah I mean it was I didn't I didn't make this connection quickly enough is the bottom line, but I blame Damien really because I you know I wasn't there, I was there like I said to throw sandwiches at him that he just extended my role in a very rude way. Why why
0: did he go down the 400ml an hour intake?
2: I don't don't know, I don't know, because he he did say that was, I mean, certainly on the Pennine Way attempt, a successful record attempt that he'd had before, uh, and he said on every other event he's done, it was drink thirst, so I don't know what the rationale was, I mean, that would have been, uh, you know, a a kind of decision, certainly a decision made without me, I don't decide on any of that stuff, They, they come with that plan in place, and then I just do what, you know, they'll say, this is how many calories an hour we want, and, you know, we need some protein every, you know, whatever so nutritionally and from a fluid point of view and then I just make sure that happens and then as it happens if something goes wrong then it's a bit of a a weird one really because I'm almost there in a good Samaritan capacity you know I'm not there as a doctor I'm not with an organisation I've not got specific cover for it but I would be pretty rubbish if I if I just ignored it all and went sorry I'm not here as a doctor yep
0: not doing me Okay.
1: <laughs> Stephen,
0: Stephen's mentioned that the West Island Way race is on the 18th of June and that's coming up soon. The number of our listeners are either running the West Highland Way race or supporting. Stephen, you want to come in?
1: Yeah, so it's obviously the, I don't know, the, the most well-known trail up in Scotland and it's one that um, a lot of us aspire to, to, to run at some point in our if that's what we want to call them. Yeah, I (laughs) think we want to call it that. (laughs) John's been lucky enough to have done it, but you're right, John. It's not just the what 250 or so who are pulling the start line. Is it around about that number? Around
0: about that, yeah.
1: Yep. Um, It's also their support teams. It's support runners. It's the people who are volunteering at all the aid stations. You can imagine there's a whole um, heap of people behind the scenes doing things, and I think. for for them and hearing this type of chat just now is is is, like I've said already it's so so interesting and and, you know you can start making sense I can start making sense of sometimes how I've been feeling when I've been feeling horrendous and thinking oh wait a minute I've got maybe some testing to do um, and experimenting and and training runs and, and such like but I suppose for the people who are two weeks out from running the West Highland Way. Now, weather up here can be a little bit sketchy or it can you know, It can go the other way and, and, and be off a bra, as we say. I don't know if that's a term <laughs> that you're familiar with. Um, and I suppose it's they're two weeks out, they've done all their training so they're now going into taper and they'll be thinking about a lot don't you John? You think about a lot in these two weeks of taper, you start getting a wee bit of um, was called mar- maranoia for a marathon, but I do ultra maranoia.
0: <laughs> ultra maranoia, yeah, Ultra-maranoia. You, start, you start thinking about everything. And I suppose a lot of us, start. we go to that default of worst-case scenario, what if this happens, what if that happens. But yeah. I think that chat we've just had is fascinating, but
1: very, very well-timed as well. No, I was just thinking we didn't want to scare everybody because all of a sudden it's like I thought about that. But
2: I will just say, so it's like, it's like, a, you know, uh, what I've just painted with this salt situation with Damien is just a really nice way of illustrating. So he had all the symptoms and he happened to have this situation um, uh, in quite an extreme way. But the. It's not the case that if you get your salt balance just a tiny bit out of kilter and you dilute your salt a slight bit, you're gonna, thats going to happen. And it's, you know, most people who, who maybe just slightly over drink will have, um, you know, a little bit of a dilution of their salt, and they'll never know about it because they don't get symptoms. So yeah. I'm I'm presenting a really really extreme case with this, and it's only to illustrate the principle. Your body will say when you're thirsty, and I'm not talking about waiting for you know there's thirst and there's thirst we've all had that thirst where you could literally down a pint of water and you're absolutely desperate to have a pint of water um and then there's that thirst where you just think yeah i could go a cup of coffee and i'm not talking about waiting for that you know raging dry mouth thirst i'm just talking about you know wanting the fluid rather than drinking it when you don't want it your body will one of the measures it uses to, to decide whether or not it's going to tell you it's thirsty is the level of sodium in your blood so, you know, let it do that. And I, I do recognise that when people are into, you know, long runs, some of those things they might not recognise them or, you know, they're difficult to listen to, aren't they, those body messages when you've got a whole heap of other things shouting at you, you've got, a, you know, a hip screaming at you or you've got an ankle screaming at you or a blister or whatever, or you've, you're struggling to eat and you're panicking about that. But ultimately, I mean, if you just try and listen to your body and like I said, tolerating a your body will tolerate a, um, a bit of dehydration without losing any performance, much more than it will tolerate significant dilution of, of sodium.
0: Yeah, we should also say as well, West Highland Race, fantastic coverage by the medical people that are there. Sean Stone, the guy that does the sort of safety stuff, absolutely top drawer. And there's loads of great sort of support on the on the way. And also, there's hundreds of folk do this every year. Right, so then isn't it a sorry picture? I just I had specifically wanted to know about the bendy body thing, yeah. and
1: that
0: was that was why I asked the question. um But I think is but it's great advice. Drink to thirst is great advice, definitely, it's definitely. Yeah. That,
2: that, they'll be they'll be well looked after, and you know, if you look at the number of people who run these races, this you know, this is not something that you hear. I mean, I've I've seen lots and lots of people do long long runs now and this is the only time I've ever seen anybody symptomatic with this problem it's simply a way to illustrate a point you know it's not I don't don't want everyone going oh I don't like stock cubes I don't want to eat one you don't have to eat one (laughs) (laughs)
1: so I've I want to drill in a wee bit more into these epic attempts that you've been lucky to have a front row seat for almost um and, and stuff and go I want to actually start on something that John and I are, are really interested in and that's around about what fuels them what what they eat eating, <laughs> what's what's in their, um, yeah. their stash of, of secret things that work for them and I know they work for them but we, we just love hearing about what right, pizza yeah. stacks start let's start with pizza stacks
2: Oh, do you know what that went down quite well that was because obviously it's all it's vegan and so pizza is brilliant both John and Damien and plenty of other uh what I would term repeat offenders on the spine uh pizza is like you know they they, they like pizza the difficulty is when you're when you're on the road and, you, and you've and you got some pizza with you and it, it, it you know it becomes cold and brittle and, and dry and then it, and it's useless so the key with pizza is stacks of cheese on the top, stacks of it, or vegan cheese, as I was putting on, on Damien's. And then, yeah, I was just stacking them up for, you know, for, for, for storage, really. But it keeps it all nice and moist and then wrapped it in foil so it stayed warm for a bit longer. The big thing is with food, I think, is um, n- anybody, all of the, these guys who are heading off and uh, are doing, the, doing the West Highland Way, don't need anyone to tell them this, is that what you start off eating will most certainly not be what you eat at the end that's definitely you know that's the only certainty is that you will not eat the same food all the way through john's food is it's a sugar fest it's literally these massive boxes of sugary complex carbs you know like the kind of donut equivalent stuff um he's now i mean it's after the first pennine way he had some significant gut issues the first time he broke the pennine way record and uh had a bleed he had a gut bleed which was a a bit of a balancing act as he was going up the um the trail and he was struggling to get any food down um the the I think the best possible thing that I've seen is to have uh real food if you can certainly at the beginning real food you know proper food meals whether it's burgers or pizza or a rice dish or whatever floats your boat is I don't know the West with the West Highland Way thing is then is there food provided, or do you take what? How does it work? I don't know the the event. I'm sorry.
0: The support crew do that. So you, your your support crew do that for you. So if you have it available, you, you get drop bags at a, a couple of places, then you, you do that yourself. But later on in the race, yeah, certainly in a bit bling, cool. You certainly see people out with sort of barbecues and things like that, and they can get hot meals.
2: Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. So so then obviously at the beginning. Hot meal. This is the way, certainly, definitely, with Damien, and to an extent with John. John, um, so meals, burgers, uh, rice, just whatever, savoury stuff. As time goes on, and you start becoming a little bit less tolerant to food, and nothing will go down, and it all tastes rubbish, and you know how I was saying about how you, um, your your muscles preferentially want all that blood supply, and and because your gut is is kind of not as necessary. You know, this is all back to running away from the tiger type of inherent mechanism. So, you know, the the fight, fight, flight. You're faced with the tiger, you run away, all your blood goes to your muscles and everything else takes a back seat, which is fine, because if you're running away from the tiger, either you get away quickly or you get get eaten. But on these endurance things, you're going forever. Nobody gets chased by a tiger for as long as you lot run. So you actually get to a point where, you know, your gut is complaining because it's had to sacrifice that blood supply and because you're breathing in through your mouth a lot your mouth gets sore so you can't tolerate loads of things it's something that's too acidic something even too sugary and then you end up with all these kind of i mean for damien his thing his like big saving thing when he then took the pennine way record back off john after john had taken it he one of the pacers came along and did made him a hummus and avocado sandwich sounds really posh doesn't it but hummus and avocado sandwich and it was game changer it just, he was able to eat like a decent number of calories for a long period of time, because there was this new food that just floated his boat at that point in the, in the run. And then, and then as you get to the end, it's just, it's just sugars. So, you know, you go through the the meals, the, uh, then the kind of soups and all this, the softer stuff. And then with Damien, uh, this fab chap called Mark is, is, um, one of Damien's very old friends, another runner who is on his road crew. So he and I were on this uh, this recent uh, record attempt with him together, and he's given him. I mean, it's, I don't. There's nothing else I can say. It's slop. It's literally slop in a cup with a big thing, and uh, and I made my little variation on his slop for Damien this time, which was. Um, <laughs> uh, bear on this is a vegan version but just let's pretend that it was a dairy one for now but so a vegan version of so rice pudding uh this is in a big cup so rice pudding uh custards milk mango jelly and peach pieces and then shaken the hell up in this thing and then it's just literally this gloopy you don't have to chew it you don't even have to have teeth <laughs> you literally can swallow this stuff it's not offensive because it's not overtly sugary. It's not particularly acidic. It's got this creaminess to it, but it gets the calories in. And you've got, because you've got the rice there, you've got something that's a bit longer lasting than a gel or whatever. It, and you can, you know, as much as you ever can with the slop, you can vary the flavor. You can change what jelly or fruit you put in, you know, or, or get a, like it's a I don't know, moussey type thing and chuck some, some whipped cream on it. Where you're getting a big bang for your buck in terms of calorie without having to really do much in the way of eating. No, a, a elderly elderly medicine, same sort of thing, really. You just become all a bit like elderly care by the time you get to the end of the race. Oh, yeah. I tell you, <laughs> that's everybody,
0: everybody that's taking part in a West Highland race has just rewritten their shopping list, haven't they? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Ultra slop.
2: It's patented. It's Mark Townsend's patented Damien slop. That was my <laughs> little variation.
1: Rice pudding <laughs> custard. Milk and peach slices.
2: Do you know what it's a bit like? You, can you imagine? You it, it? It's the top of a trifle, right? Isn't it? The, yeah. It's the custard and creamy top of a trifle. That'll get you. A couple of bits in of sponge day?
0: in there as well and hundreds and thousands on it. 100
2: Liquidise, liquidise a trifle. Job oh. done. If you've got your head in the game and you've got a, a, a cup of liquidised right. trifle,
1: Mark, or Marky's yeah. trifle,
0: Marky's better, <laughs> not, not you know just any though? old trifle. It just makes it so, it, it's so simple, isn't it? You know, you, you don't have to work to, to get it in, you just no. swallow and that's it, yeah. oh, job yes. done. Yeah. Fantastic,
1: a smoothie, I Yeah, it. Well, I'm starving, dude. I could actually go one of those right like, yeah. now. Oh
2: my god! Well, that's making you starving. Talking about that slopping. I'm
1: up for I that.
0: I was, gone. I was gone at salty chips. So right. I'll think about salty chips. <laughs> right. Listen, Vicky, we are at the sort of tail end, I think, of the show. you have been very kind to come along and and share some time with us. Um, right. we no one to pick on. Or sorry. Pick a favourite out of Damien or John. We've absolutely loved that. But we are. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. No, Jonathan, I'll I'll you, every time I'm not going to do that.
2: Them, every time I'm out with one of them, and unequivocally, because if you remember, when John first took that record from Mike Hartley, Damien was then out a week later, and everyone was going, okay, who do you want? What do you, what's the deal? And the deal is, and this is this is an absolute. The deal is, whoever I'm out with, of course I want them to succeed. This is back to what I was saying before. The first one in, the last one in doesn't. Whoever is there, you're there to make them help them succeed, and that's literally yes. Yeah, so whoever I'm out with, that's the one I want to break the record. And then the next week, if it's the other one, that's the one I want to break the record. You know,
0: it's what, you, it's what it is, isn't it? Awesome, fantastic, yeah. And we've got to say they're both so inspirational to the running community, not just in Britain but across the world, you know, the what they go up to and the and also their camaraderie and their social media exchanges are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. You know, it just adds to the spice of the fun they're having with each other.
2: Yeah, which is, they which do. is
0: fantastic.
1: Which the is really, tea really... <laughs> sweet yeah. tea
2: versus hot tea is the big thing, isn't it? <laughs> John, John, John is, uh, you know, John can't stand the the English, you the, know, the, the British cup of tea. Sorry, English British cup of tea, and um, and and Damien is not a fan of the American cold sweet tea, so iced tea, whatever. So yeah, so um, yeah, that's the rivalry, <laughs> really. <laughs>
1: I have enjoyed reading John's tweets and observations about Breton. you know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah yeah, yeah I've, 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 you, you could make a really good series of them which is um, it, it almost reminds me of a Bill Bryson book or something you know it's like, like you know, notes from yeah. a small country <laughs> that
2: is a brilliant book that is a brilliant book
1: isn't it a, and actually a book that I've read I'm not a big big book reader because I've, it's squeezed out it's marginalized by life just now I, I've got a lot in my um, future reading library um, because <laughs> yeah, John's, John's the current book worm but yeah that's a cracker um, and it reminds I mean John Kelly doing these tweets just I don't know <laughs> it invokes that same sort of um, memory of that book so, little
2: yeah. observations
1: isn't it little observations yeah. of, of of life here yeah totally love it okay John where where are we on our question set
0: we've, we've, we've riled through it have we we'll have rattled through them because we, we did have one about um about runners in heat but I think we have maybe covered that with the hydration thing Mm -hmm. no I think
2: think, I mean I'm happy to talk about it 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 is it is very different there are there is heat training that you can do do you know the person really that you want to be speaking to about heat training I would say is is Beth Pascal because she must know a stack about that from prepping for her her western states and you know there are ways that you can train to increase your heat tolerance and they're fairly short you know, you can do it over a period of two weeks. It's not long lasting; yeah. it only lasts about a week. But there are things you can do. Um, we, it's less to do with, uh, you know, hydration while you're running. You literally need to try and uh, get your body to a point where it will adapt to running in 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 higher temperatures. But um, yeah, I'm not. I, mean, I yeah, I'm not the expert on it. I think there's. The, the, I think the idea is that you do for two weeks that you would do 90 minutes or two lots of one hour training in in you know pile of clothes on or better still in a hot environment uh aerobic exercise and you gradually build up the intensity and the idea is you are literally you know, you're running in, in more more heat i i I, can't, I have read about this can't remember all the all the sort of physiology but the point is in in heat you're you, you have lower power and higher heart, heart rate and you're just trying to kind of change those two things over so that you uh retain a bit of the power that you have and and that you don't have quite as much um, strain in terms of the the output from your heart. And it is a fairly short-lived kind of thing. Like I said, you you can spend two weeks doing this and the benefit will only last for a a week or so. But I think there is some reasonable evidence to show that you can train aerobically in the heat with a gradual increase in intensity over two weeks and then perform better in the heat than you would have done
1: I hope Debbie's listening in. Well, I would imagine with her having bad water coming right up and I've seen Mm. her doing some um, runs in warm rooms, shall we say, lately. So she'll be seeking all the advice from her (laughs) circle just now. She'll know more than I do
2: about it. I I
0: was expecting to see her with a parka on, but she was (laughs) running and just running
1: gear. Get some clothes on, Debbie. Get the heat going. She
2: needs to to, get the weight there
1: it's get like put a big jacket on or turn the heating on in your house and big <laughs> jacket's the cheaper option so yeah <laughs> by far so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll maybe hear about that in the future after her um US adventure coming up in July I hope so, so. Yeah, yeah definitely but Damn, Beth Jack, Pascal Beth, if Beth's listening then the door is always open for Beth. She's, you know, ran with us before in Perth and the, on the North Inch, so we're we're familiar with Beth. Um, although we've never even we never plucked up the courage just to say hi. Yeah, she's <laughs> a met- friend of the show. Just doesn't know it yet. There you
2: go. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. She's future guest. I met her for the first time on Damien's thing last week, and she's she's fab. She and Nikki were were pacing Damien together. I mean, what a formidable team, <laughs> Nikki and Beth. <laughs> Nick, Brilliant. And- and Nikki's dogs, I I made Damien a vegan chili. I don't know if you saw this post. I made him a vegan chili. And he wow. sent sent the thing ahead. It was like he wanted some chili. So I, I put some, or some soup and chili. And I put some out. And um, he was holding it. I just gave him it in the pan. You know, all the kind of niceties, dispensed dispenser. I gave him it in the pan. Um, but he wanted me to look at his, his foot. And he, he put it down on the floor. And the bloody dog ate it. <laughs> ah. The dog ate it. But the wooden spoon was getting in the way, so Nikki, I think, took the wooden spoon out so he could get to it better. <laughs> All right.
0: <I>
2: <laughs> Dread to think what the dog's oh. cuts were like later.
0: Brilliant. Awesome. Right. Listen, let's hit dialect dictionary. Let's do right. that. Nikki gave us a belter. Maybe unwittingly gave us a belter earlier when she used the term mank describe what a stock cube tastes like but
2: oh, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> i thought it was somebody from manchester
2: yeah yeah as well and i don't want to correlate the two that's not what i'm saying um <laughs> so, I, so i grew up in north yorkshire Well, of my first sort of decade of life was in north yorkshire and um this, this is going to sound like a really unrelated term and it's also but the fact is so and i don't know if this is used this might be you might go yeah it's used everywhere but the term croggy so meaning to give your mate a, a, a lift on your bike. So you're on your push bike and they either sit on the handlebars, sit on the crossbar or sit on the little rack thing at the back. Yeah. So it's always like, you know, you're going down to the sweet shop and your mate goes, a Croggy, a Croggy, and I, I want to come with you. And um, I am not over this when I say this. When I think about that phrase, I think about uh, hanging out with my mates, this uh, fabulous community, like this lovely you know happy time and and helping it you know yeah jump on my bike and i'll do all the work and all that and it and it it, it is without any question reminiscent of this whole thing i'm talking about with the with the running community so actually not just because it's a yorkshire word but also because of all those connotations for me my word is croggy
1: <laughs> brilliant never heard of that one john
0: well, here <laughs> on that one past mel sykes our regular yorkshire correspondent yeah,
1: yeah so. look she'll come on again. Not Yorkshire, but I <laughs> said it. <laughs> a crogy. we I think we'd call it a baki. Yeah, a baki we would call it, yeah. A baki. And
0: You can get a baki on the front.
1: Oh, As right, well. a fronty.
0: A fronty. a
2: baki. It's a baki.
0: Yeah. A, yeah. a yeah. croggy. Brilliant. Thank you very much for sharing that. Well, that's fantastic. Cool. love that one. And then we take ourselves to the final part of the show. Dr. Nikki Ligo. Your opportunity...
2: You call it the Dr. Nikki Lago thing. Like, literally, what would you like us to call you? Nikki? Well, Dr. Nikki Lago. Yeah, <laughs> well, Dr. Lago. Yeah. So,
0: Nikki, <laughs> it's your opportunity to either track into... Actually, you know what? If you want to, you can choose to. You can do that because of all the support you've given people doing these extraordinary events. You can uh-huh. have two if you wish. That's not a problem. But we have our... Young Hearts Run Free, La Buff Buff Collection, Volume Two playlist. Which song or songs would you like to add to the playlist?
2: Okay, so, uh, this, so this, so there's there's this, a track that I listened to when I was doing, I was doing The the Am way. I'd done it one way, and then when I came back from doing it um, the, fir- the very first time, and was a little bit euphoric because I, you know, I thought I, I hadn't known what I was. I just felt very Quite chuffed that I'd done it, and I came back and had a couple of glasses of wine with some friends. And one of them, I said to them, oh, "I loved it, and honestly, it was brilliant." By the time I got to Kirk Yetham, Kirk Yetham, I um, <laughs> I could have, uh, I could have turned around and, and come back again, but I just didn't have the annual leave. And they were like, well, "Go and do, go and do it then." So I went back and, and and went up and back. And long story short, when I went up and back, I had to do it twice because I, I balls it up the first time. But when I went back and did it properly, um. I was coming back, and I was trying to come back in 10 days, which I know to a lot of, uh, you know, you nutters, that's probably not a big deal, but for me it was. was, Some of those days were like 33-mile days, and and I found it really, really hard, and I found this track. It's uh, by Chicane, and it's it's called uh, Come Back. There are actually two. One's Middle Distance Runner and one's Come Back, but, but Come Back particularly. It's got a promo with a guy running around in a pair of running pants doing, you know, silly things, behaving like an absolute plonker. But... It just had a really perfect rhythm for me to either do a very, very slow jog or a reasonable walk. And that rhythm, when I was really, really struggling, that track kept me moving when I wanted to sit down and have a proper tantrum. So that's why that's in.
0: You can get back. So you have a runner. Huh? Well, all this time, and you actually you actually have a runner if you're doing a jog.
2: No. Do you know what, Damien again Damien asked me about this recently last week he said um you know how's your how was your running going because he knew that I'd sort of started trying to dabble and I said to him beginning of the pandemic I I, I sort of elevated you know worked my way up to half marathon kind of not events just running you know and um and I had loads of energy and I was running a 10k just every day just because I was enjoying it uh right at the beginning of the pandemic and then what I didn't tell him which is what I've remembered since then was I have so I have a bit of an issue with in, inflammatory issue with my joints and i had been put on steroids and I was thinking oh my god I'm amazing finally I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm able to do all these ones and then they weaned me off the steroids and I went back to being utterly shite again <laughs> so actually it was just my medication doing the running so no I'm not really <laughs> I'm not really a runner at all I just had like, you know, a little cheating helping hand and it never occurred to me. It was gutting gutting when they took me back off them and I realised that was crap.
0: (laughs) I'll say again, Dr. Nikki Ligo. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. So we can add both of these tracks in if you want. You mentioned two tracks.
2: Well, do you know what? This is this is hideous. So put in the comeback one. you'll have had this before i'm sure and i know it's the most obvious thing i get it i get it that it's boring and obvious but i've had so many people play this for me when i've been doing walking things but the proclaimers and the 500 miles thing that that has to be in there because honestly everyone if i whenever we've done anything walking wise or running wise or anything somebody will play that when we see them um and in fact, walking going up and down the Pennine Way is just over 500 miles, so I feel I'm justified.
0: <laughs> and does it make you happy that song? Yes, of course it does. Oh, well, it's in. Nobody, nobody yet has asked for that one, so you're Have the it. first to ask for it. So Everybody's thank
1: you very much. <laughs> first Proclaimers song, and Proclaimers come from a, a village called Auchtermuchty, which is about 15 miles from where we live. So. There you go. Perfect. Just say well, the
2: name of that village again.
1: Ochtermachte.
2: Oh my god,
0: it's amazing. So <laughs> you go. And I can now say Kirk Yetum.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: <laughs> what an education. <laughs> Rogan. Um listen, Dr. Nikki Ligo, I did say at the start, it's been a long time. We've been wanting to speak to you. You've been on the radar for a long, long time, and I really have enjoyed this chat tonight. I'm sure other people will agree. Um very insightful. And you've we've covered quite a lot of stuff, you know, from the end of shame we spoke about at the start with your penning way, and then we've also spoken about some quite serious stuff, but in a light-hearted way as well. But the serious bits in there about that drink to thirst thing, um, I've really enjoyed your your company. Thank you so much for for your time uh, this oh. evening. It's been brilliant. Stephen, do you want to come in and say a couple of words
1: to Nikki? Yeah, yeah no, just um, thanks very much for sharing your. Wisdom with us, Nicky, because at the start you were maybe saying, oh, I don't know if I'm much of an expert in anything. Well, you, I can assure you you are, and what you've shared with us tonight, both that insight into these little lifting the lids on these huge attempts that we've been following on social media and dot watching and stuff as well, but also you know, some of the more detailed stuff around about, you know, especially around about the salts thing and, and, and the sodium, is, it's got me thinking um, a lot and I'll, I'll, our listeners will be the same. We'll probably get, we'll definitely tag you on our Twitter and Instagram or whatever platform you're on, because you might get a few wee, oh, I heard that and I maybe need a wee bit of clarification. So advance okay. warning for that. <laughs> and, 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 not, and it's been absolutely lovely to meet you as well. I've um, been really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, it, it's been fantastical.
2: Uh, yeah, I've had a great time honestly absolutely my pleasure brilliant talking to you both and just to, just to say please don't overthink this salt thing or panic and, and I hope nobody will will panic or overthink it it's it's just literally you know the advice generally is drink to thirst and that that means it doesn't need to be a panic it doesn't need to be a worry and you know and obviously very happy if I've um if, if I've made if I've actually muddied the waters and made people feel less clear they can just drop me a line and I'll help if I can
1: there you go what an offer and i loved your term mickey mouse nice and fisher price (laughs) i'm going to use that so yeah (laughs) thank you for that
2: it's my level that's my level that's what (laughs) i need if it's not like that and then i get a bit tired it's not happening